Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's not another Buffalo podcast. The bi-weekly show hosted by three of the most underqualified sports personalities this side of the canal. With John. All you people out there who are like, these idiots don't know anything. First of all, you're right. And second of all, Pat. I didn't think that the Vikings would get a W last week being 6-1, and one, which was also Josh Allen's coin flip record from the year 2021. And Rando. We have this trust built on, you know, whatever it is, like Bibles and gold bricks and whatever Brandon Bean's drinking over there. On Buffalo Rumbles. All right, welcome back to Not Another Buffalo Podcast. I'm John. I'm here with the full crew, Pat and Brando, here on a Wednesday evening. This episode comes out Friday. We're a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Not Buff Podcast. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Pat, how you doing? Not Buff. Yeah, Not good, buff. To be, good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> how are That's you boys so doing? Relaxing? Yeah. I don't know if you could call it that, but it's yeah, something. something like that. Yeah. Whatever happens after work before you go to sleep, something See, like that. This is just a tough time of year because when I get to school at 6.45 and I get home from basketball at 8 or 7, it's just a long day. Yeah, you feel like you're in Alaska, don't see the sun. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot has happened since we last talked and even more has happened since we had Pat on, of course. But even since Brandon and I talked on Monday night, the big news is Cole Beasley's back in Buffalo. I know we haven't talked among us about this yet, so this will be like raw, unfiltered thoughts. And Pat, I want to ask you first, like, what do you think about Cole being back in Buffalo? Well, I mean, obviously it's not the best of situations. I mean, for instance, I would have to be pretty GD lonely for me to call up my my sweetheart from Texas and Aww. say, hey, come back here, even though you destroyed my life, basically. Like, you know what I mean? Obviously it's not to that extent, but he did trash the city and stuff. But if you're in a position where... You know, you, you really need to, you got to win the next four or five games here. It's okay. It, it, it's definitely an indicator of the level of need that we're at, but I'm okay with that. And it's Josh's move and Josh is king. So whatever he says, you know, I'm, I, I agree with. So. Yeah, I totally agree with that, Pat. Yeah. Brandon, you go ahead. It's interesting because we, he was great. He was an all pro receiver, but then he kind of fell off and he wanted a raise and we didn't want to give it to him. He tried to go elsewhere. He wasn't worth what he thought he was worth, which is just always interesting. And you're kind of seeing that with Odell right now. Dallas signed T.Y. Hilton. We got John Brown and Cole Beasley. And it's all trust, right? Josh Allen made this move because he does not trust the offense. I want to say he he was on record today saying they don't run the same concepts because Cole was so good at reading a defense, being on the same page as Josh. Okay, you see this look, you're not going left. You're going to stay in the flat. If well, he you has see that background this, as a high school quarterback too. I right, and, so and his brain is him. just so invaluable. And we were hoping that it would rub off a little bit on the receivers. So I think he's good to have in the room from an X's and O's standpoint. And I think whatever's going on with him personally, his life is pretty fluid. We can't hammer him unless he says something that's like disparaging a group of people. Or, but 
it's funny as a person who covers the bills to watch the wishy-washy back and forth because you could spend hours on a hundred different athletes but if you're good at a sport it's gonna blow by because they're gonna play on the field and the news doesn't matter because you could talk about every single athlete i got a picture of tiger woods hanging up on my wall you know you get deshaun watson's in this league antonio brown played in this league at Kareem Hunt, you could go on for hours about these athletes, and that's Tyreek Hill, and that stinks because you don't want to compromise your own personal values if you don't agree with this person or you do agree with this person, whatever it may be. And that's hard to leave on the sidelines to talk football or to judge a person or to whatever it is for anybody on any team, but the way that the football sports world is, is your words go into the abyss, the abyss, because they're going to play and they're going to produce. And that's all that matters at the end of the day for every sports guy, for every GM, for every team. If Antonio Brown didn't run off the field, he might still be a buck. Like, you know, I don't know. We could go or on expose himself on in the Middle East. Yes. That's what, that's what Mike <laughs> Shope said today. He was like, we're not here to give you an opinion on the person we could have a podcast and do a different person every day till the end of time about why they shouldn't be in the league, why they should be in the league, why they're disliked, why they're liked. But what Trump's all in our sports world is performance, how they're going to play on the field. And if you're looking at it as an X's and O's standpoint, it opens up the offense a little bit. Sorry, if he's, if he's 100% sound and everything, I mean, fingers crossed, but yeah. What do you think, one John? Of the what, things is too, like, just off of what Pat just said, you know, we hope he's back in shape. I think that there's a very low floor for like how in shape he has to be. Like, as long as he's not like falling over exhausted during the game, he was never really the receiver who needed to be a, a peak athlete, you know, or like an Isaiah McKenzie speed kind of thing, because he's just a guy who knows where to be at the right time, has good hands. And that's really all you need from him. So if you're encouraged about anything, you know, it's that. And it's that his age at this point doesn't really matter. If he's not, you know, he hasn't been playing all season, so he might not be in game shape right away. But that's probably less of an issue than some guy who's running deep crossers every single route and is going to need to get back into the huddle and do it again. You know, that's not Cole Beasley. He's the underneath guy. He's never really running that far. You know, maybe a seam route is the farthest that he gets for most things. But anyway... Obviously, we all have mixed feelings because we all have our own opinions of Cole Beasley, the person. Um, but I think that we can all agree that we really loved Cole Beasley, the player. And he made this offense exciting. He was one of the reasons why Josh got to the level that Josh was. Had huge production in this, uh, this offense, like back-to-back years with what, 82 catches? Yeah, 100 catches. His all I thought pro, he had 82. His all pro you, season? You, you might be thinking targets? Pro football reference. Let's find out. Well, the fact that he's 5'8 is great for every average man in the well, country. I mean, he reminds me of sort of like, uh, I mean, and it, this is a bad comp because Cole is nowhere near the level of this player I'm about to mention, but like Julian Edelman towards the end of his career had two horrible knees and really had no, you know, whatever, sustainable speed and really couldn't make cuts like he used to, but he was still effective. So I think that, you know, using that as a comp, yeah, that's interesting. You're right. Comparable. He had 82, 82. Okay. He went 67, 82, 82. But it was interesting. His 82 receptions in 2020 led to 967. His I was going to say he's never had 1,000 yards receiving. Led to 700. So he was yes. almost down 300 yards. 
Yeah. So the, the yards per catch went down quite a bit yeah. in that last year. Um, obviously wasn't as efficient in, in his production, but yeah, again, there's, it's not just the COVID stuff with, with him, you know, there's been stuff about his music and it's just, oh. again, like we're not, we're not, this is not an ethics podcast. So I don't think that we really, we're not going to pass off our personal opinion on Cole Beasley, the guy. Cause that's just like, that's, that's just like a weird debate to have. At a certain point, you have to put yourself on a on a pedestal to judge somebody, and that's just not what we're yes. that's not what we're doing. The one thing I'll say is I was I was encouraged by his press conference today, and me he too. Really, that's a good point. He, he, uh, I don't, Pat. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it. I, um, I listened to a little bit of Brandon Bean on the radio a little bit. Yeah, well, he kind of sounded like your auntie who takes back her her boyfriend for the fourth time, but you know, <laughs> like. Yeah. So anyway, Cole, Cole came on. He was, he was very humble in his remarks. He was very happy to be back. Very, you know, interested in the team aspect of it. You know, he wanted to say that he's like, I don't like, I don't like how things were left off. You know, I like this city, you know, my family loves it here. I obviously there was issues that I wish I could have handled differently. And I think that there's obviously people who wish they probably handled things differently with Cole Beasley. He told a story about how his kid, you know, couldn't go to a birthday party because somebody's mom didn't like him and stuff like that. And, you know, these are all personal things for him. So I'm just excited to have Cole Beasley back on the field as a player. And I, th- I think that the off the field stuff is, it's, it's so crazy in today's world. It just, it gets complicated at a certain point where we can't just like break it down on a podcast and pass judgment on somebody. It's you know? never just black and white. Right. It's exactly. It's, it's a lot of gray area. So it's really yeah. hard to, you know, sports podcasts are typically known for taking a stand on something. You, you yeah. have a take. It's cold. It's hot. That's why you have it. a podcast, right? It's so you can say right. stuff and people will listen. Right. Theory. And, you know, a lot of things are just like, OK, well, we can't pass judgment on that. We're going to talk about sports like we're having a beer because that's kind of like what our pod is anyway. But I'm yeah. glad to have him back. Um, if he can help this team, then I'm all all for it. And more especially what Pat said that right off the bat that I really liked was if Josh is okay with it, I'm okay with it. Josh is <laughs> our Lord and Savior, Joshua Patrick Allen. <laughs> if it's it's up to you, you know, and the whole team. I don't know if you saw like the comments when that's what yeah, Isaiah McKenzie say, tweeted at him. Everybody, as well, and everybody tweeted love, at him. <laughs> did you see Isaiah McKenzie's tweet? And somebody said that anti-vax loser, and Isaiah McKenzie replied back, "He's our." anti-vax loser yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like so th- obviously he's not going to be a problem in the locker room so you know if he can help this team perfect if not then he's just a practice squad member so but even beyond no the practice no squad i think can help the team because he can, he could be a coach in there like ken dorsey looks like he needs help coaching that next level this is where it gets hard as a coach because you it, I'm going to put a basketball spin on it because like in, in a motion offense, you have to find the open spot on the floor, kind of like you have to find the open spot in a zone on defense in football. So like if you're passing to cut somewhere and, and you don't see the floor well, or you don't have a basketball IQ for me to go up to a, a kid and be like, listen, you have to look and see where it is. And there's eight other bodies running around. It might be hard to identify to somebody who might be athletically great, but they just don't have that vision or IQ. Whereas Cole Beasley can be like, okay, well look at the way that that defender's standing that's inside leverage. He's going to back off and go into a third 
cover quarters or whatever. And and just even when you're watching film, he can be like, okay, look at the look the defense gave you. This is what I did. And this is how they played you differently. You should play it like this. Just that extra voice of somebody who has that to be able to explain it to somebody else could be hugely important to this team. It's, it's funny agree. that, yeah, if, it's funny that you bring up the basketball thing too, because I was just reading an article today that Cole Beasley, like during his previous off seasons and for this, didn't run routes in the off season. He just played, he played basketball. basketball. Yeah. And apparently yeah, so. he's very good, which is interesting. So he gets a lot from that. And he's also one of the few guys, uh, I think from what Josh said, that can really read more than one defender at once. You know, most guys that look at the guy across from them, try to read what they're doing. Cole's a little bit better at reading the defense, kind of like a quarterback, like you guys said. So, well, he did anyway, play quarterback, right? Did we talk about that already? Yeah, he did in yeah. high school. Yeah, Pat yeah. mentioned five A, five A, Texas State champ. Which, which is crazy. If you're playing five A, if you're playing five A Texas football, you're basically playing in a New York State Division three level. No offense, Division three New York State <laughs> players, but like, you might even be higher than that because you get these guys and they go play five star recruits at Florida and Alabama and Michigan and. Iowa, whatever you want. He just, that brain is worth the practice squad spot on his own. And I think Ken Dorsey should be happy about this. All right. Well, uh, let's, let's just get a break in really quick. Cause we got a lot of stuff to get to. Um, got more stuff on the other side, game picks, Brando's bets, quotes, all that good stuff. Segment media. So, uh, stick around. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.
we just wanted to spend a couple quick seconds on this because obviously we we try to be a, an up, upbeat hanging out with your boys podcast. Um, but it was kind of sad, if for lack of a better word, to see the comments from Jerry Sullivan earlier this week. We didn't talk about it on Wednesday's episode because we had tracked Monday night. So our apologies if you were looking for for something in that episode. But anyway, obviously, it's been pretty well documented how bad his comments were. Very sexist, very misogynistic. And unfortunately, he's since been fired. And I say unfortunately because I never want to see anybody lose a job. And that's unfortunate. But if you come after half of Bill's mafia, you know, you better be ready to get a retort. Yes. Do you guys have any thoughts? I mean, I know my dad has had a Twitter account for about 18 months. And the only time he's ever, ever tweeted, he retweets and stuff like that from time to time, but he quote tweeted a Jerry Sullivan tweet and just wrote jerk with a period after it. (laughs) And that's the only tweet he's ever had in his year and a half of being on Twitter. So I think if that doesn't say something and also two other things, if you look up Bruce Smith's quotes on Jerry Sullivan. Yes, that's what I was just going to say. And uh, also I, if you want to throw up a little bit in your mouth, read the uh, manuscript or watch the Jerry Sullivan Cam Newton interview. Um, so interesting. Really? I didn't hear about that. You never, you never read about that where he kept, he kept pressing it and he kept telling Cam. So how do you feel that you're breaking the stereotype of the black quarterback? And Cam Newton was like, dude, it's like 2017. I don't think that exists anymore. And he was like, but it, but it does. And how do you feel like you're, you're breaking it? And he was like, dude, like, can you stop saying this? And he's like, well, it's been, it's been thought that, you know, and he's like, he's like, dude, like, please stop. And Jerry just kept like pressing him and it like made Cam super upset. And we're not a fan of Cam on the show, but like, obviously no one should be. Put well, oh, can we, can we say something real quick? Cam Newton said that he's better than at least five or six of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Like he, he just said this like two days ago. He's better than every quarterback in the NFC East, he said, or NFC South. I don't remember what it is. Back check it. Check it out. Cam Newton making stupid headlines again, just like Jerry Sullivan. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I I mean, I interact with between coaching, teaching phys ed, uh, and the, just the athletic world that I live in. Some of the most educated, influential, powerful, whatever you want to call it, people that I know through sports are women that are incredibly knowledgeable. My greatest super advisor that I ever had, she's she ran the Ralph Wilson Foundation for a little while through Project Play Western New York. Incredibly educated, not just a cheerleader. My co-teacher I teach with, she knows everything you need to know. Some of my best friends, women that are educated about sports. And I also have women friends that are cheerleaders that would admit and that that's they're okay cheer- though too. That are, they're, they're, they're cheerleaders. I know plenty of men that are and cheerleaders. I, know plenty of men. I might consider my, I, I might say. consider, I might consider myself a cheerleader about 88% of the time. Yes. And if I want to break down <laughs> X's and O's, then maybe I should go back and just relive glory. Days. So like I'm not, the point those guys are in the booth is, for a reason and I'm sitting in front of a laptop for a reason, but any, anytime that you say anything, that you're going to alienate the definitive way to say it. All people are this. All people are that. Everybody's like this. It's a failure from the beginning. Like, don't do that. Don't, yes. don't do that. And it's, and especially, it's, I mean, when you're talking about local people as well, I mean, the first female NFL referee of color is actually Maria Shaka is from Rochester, New York, went to Addison tech high school. And so if you're going to throw low blows at, you know, women of the Western New York area, at least know your facts that like one of the most prominent women in the NFL is from this area. So, Not only yeah. that, but you're dunking on your people that subscribe to your show and your network. And if the Buffalo news doesn't exist without women and the Lockport Gazette doesn't exist without women, like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Uh, if you like sports, 
If you like X's and O's, cool. If you like cheering, cool. Anyway. It's, it seems stupid that we even need to say it out loud, but of course your gender does not affect what level of fandom you can have with the team or how much you enjoy yeah. journalism. Like, you know, he throws that word around as if there's not a bunch of like thousands of females in the world who are better at their jobs than he is in journalism. So anyway, or in Buffalo, really exactly. Even in Buffalo, you know, shout out to all the, you know, even just female content creators in Buffalo who do a great job. There's plenty of stuff, you know, plenty of people who do a better job than we do. We're just casual people and it's not about who's better than anybody else, but shout out to you guys, you know, like, I, I would start naming people, but then I'd leave somebody out. Somebody's so. getting left out. Exactly. This is one yeah, of those exactly. times that we can generalize in a positive way. Yeah. There you go. Stick up for your fellow fans. That's what Bill's Mafia did. So anyway. Time for the guys to pick their picks in the pick six pickums. But how did we do last week? Uh, not great. Um, <laughs> All of us. Uh, I, like, hey, I went three and three. You guys both went two and four. Uh, so nobody, nobody uh, in the positive uh, uh, column there. But anyway, Miami losing to LIC screwed us all, and then of course Buffalo not clearing the spread with the Jets. The safety did not do us any favors. Stupid so. safety, like you yeah. said, the backdoor cover. Yep. Yep. There we go. And of course, Tennessee at Jacksonville, we all missed as well. But actually, oh shoot, I calculated something wrong on here. I apologize, Brando. I Brando accident actually went one and five. I'm sorry. I had your I had the Arizona game written down as a win for you. You picked Arizona. Pat and I picked New England on that one. Yes. I do apologize. So Brando went one and five. Sorry. My only win was the Lions win, right? Correct. Right. No but man. Hey, Hey, you were close to picking minute. Like you almost, you went through that entire speech and then went Detroit after it. So, uh, yeah. Also, I just looked All up right. and Jerry Sullivan never played football. Not that it matters, but. <laughs> All right. So overall, Pat, you are 40 and 44. I'm 46 and 38. And Brandon, you are 38 and 46. Oh, John. Oh, wow. The tables have turned. Yeah. I think this is the reverse order of how we finished last year. Yeah. Something like that. I don't remember how Pat and I finished up, but Brandon had a lead at this point last year. So uh, anyway, Miami coming into Buffalo, lots of snow in the forecast, seven point favorites. How are we feeling? Brando? Bills. Pat? Bills to win, but not to cover. Dolphins. Nice. Pat's not getting burned twice in a row by the backdoor cover here. Oh. Snow games are scary, but even the weather game last year, 14-17, Colts game was what, like 21 something? I don't even know. Yeah. They're low scoring games. Like, yeah, yeah. It was like 21 14. Yeah. They won by six. I can't remember because Shady ran in that touchdown, right? Shady yeah. didn't score. Yeah. That's a good call. That's a good call. One of my favorites. All right. Detroit at the Meadowlands to play the Jets. Pat, what do you think? Well, I think Mike White may not have a, a pulse. All right. Give me the Lions. <laughs> but what about you, Brando? Lions, baby. Detroit. Roar. So I looked up injuries on this one. Quentin Williams is 50-50. Mike White is also questionable. So that made me kind of want to sway Detroit, but I don't know if the Detroit 
if Detroit has done very well against a top tier defense, well, isn't Amon Ross St. Brown so. is also hurt for them? Hey, they put up twenty five on Buffalo. But anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Jets on this one. I Ooh. think that it's it ends up being low scoring, and Detroit doesn't do well in low scoring games, unfortunately. Uh, Tennessee at Chargers. Well, you know what, Titans, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. So I'll take you a second time. Uh, Justin <laughs> Herbert maybe has that. Brandon Staley is just an underachiever. That's just how he is. So um, give me the Titans. What about you, Brando? Chargers, Justin Herbert. Let's go. Yeah, I'm with you. They've been hot lately after beating the Dolphins last week. I like them here. And uh, cute. Tennessee, Tennessee lost to Jacksonville last week. So uh, anyway, that's our next game. Dallas at Jacksonville. Jacksonville is hot. This game is only a four-point spread, if you can believe it. This is a matchup you would have looked at two weeks ago and said it might not be that close. But uh, I'm going to stick with Dallas in this one. This seems like the easy choice, even though they're only favored by four. Um, but, Pat, what about you? I can't see you not taking Dallas. No, i got to take Lawrence Dallas, and I'd, I'd pick them to uh, cover the spread, Doug. Yeah. But All right, what about you, Brando? I'm torn because Trevor Lawrence looks special. Oh, but- don't give me that. He, he looks... He looks like he's doing. Oh, he looks God. like he goes to work and does his job quasi effectively. I say he looks special because he put up forty for me for fantasy this week. Uh, he carried me. True. To the I thought you were just True. trying to set off a Pat Caprio firework. Uh, I was thinking about it a little bit, but I'm gonna go out on a limb. I got nothing to lose. Give me Jacksonville. They're fighting for a playoff spot. They're trying to win their division. I like it. I like that pick. All right, New England at Las Vegas. Pat, you want to go first? Or actually, Brandon, why don't you go first on this one? Oh, Bill Belichick better smush Josh McDaniels like a piece of gum on the bottom of your shoe getting stepped on over and over because it won't come off. Josh McDaniels rides the coattails of Bill Belichick for years, quits, comes back, quits again, comes back, gets fired, is a sucks at coaching, comes back. I hope they get destroyed. Go Patriots this weekend. All right. Well, that's that's a strong pick. What about you, Pat? Well, I know the Patriots. Well, I have a very strong feeling that the Patriots are going to win. Although I wish that the Raiders would win so that Josh McDaniels would get another year in Oakland because it's literally impossible to do a worse job than Matt Patricia and Joe Judge have been doing calling plays up there yes. in New England. But give me the Patriots, unfortunately. True. This game is a pick 'em, and normally I would be tempted to pick the Raiders because I like to do that every once in a while. But they just Raiders. I don't think you come back from that <laughs> devastating loss after letting Baker Mayfield run down the field on you last week and uh, this just seems like one of those games that New England always wins against the middling team so gotta go with them Cincinnati going into Tampa Bay Pat you wanna go first well you know give me Joe Burrow Tom Brady's on his way out I think it's all right. you know he should have just gone out like Jerry Garcia um, on top but (laughs) perhaps he'll still have a little bit left in the in the tank but not not this weekend what about you Brando oh you're talking Cincy and Tampa. Yeah. We're talking Brady versus Burrow. It's got to be the Bengals, right? Yeah. What's the spread? Did you so. say it? It's got to be like I a 10-point spread. I didn't spread. say the spread. I think it's like four or five points. Wait, is the game yeah. in Tampa? Yes. It must be. Okay, I was going to say, it'd be like a 10-point spread if this yeah. game was in Ohio. But. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. We got plus three and a half. That's mm. a... I like that bet. I mean, if the, if the Bucks won this game, it would be nice, but... You know, for us. True. Yeah. So I'm I'm going Cincy as well. I think they win this one. Tampa Bay just that they they're just not it. But you know, watch us all get screwed over by Tom Brady yet again on the scoreboard. So I wouldn't I I wouldn't be surprised. But anyway, 
Those are our game picks. We will tally it up next week and keep track on the scoreboard. Of course, we've got, we're counting down here. We are, let's see, one, two, three weeks of picks away from the divisional round or the wild card round rather. So, uh, Brandon, you got, uh, you got some bets for us? I do. Time for Brando's Bets. It's interesting because when a weather storm is forecasted, they they change stuff, right? They yeah. don't or just don't put it up. Put it up, yeah, right. So we do have some points here. They have some lines up here. So like Josh Allen's alternate passing yards comes in at one seventy, and Tua's comes in at two hundred, which I thought what? was interesting. They're giving slander. They're giving Tua. <laughs> The expectation. And I want to say his actual over under is like 240, 243. But we talked about this a little bit last week, John. This game could highlight Josh's skills and highlight Tua's weaknesses. So yep. for me this week, I have Allen over 35 yards rushing because I think he's going to have to move on the ground uh, with the snow. I have Buffalo Bills. Over 15 and a half points. And this is kind of a softball. Uh, And then if you take the bills on the money line with those three sections, it brings your odds for the parlay to minus 150. So Josh Allen over 35 rushing Buffalo over 15 and a half points and the bills on the money line is my parlay for the Dolphins game. Sounds pretty fair. You got to work that game, Brando? I do. I'll be Perhaps. There. I heard tickets are pretty affordable. Really? Interesting. Well, I had like three different people offer to like sell me tickets because it's so... It's tricky. It's funny there. how the season through the season, it changes because everybody's dying to go to these first couple home games and then nobody wants to go to the last couple home games, even with a good team, just because it's so bad out. And it was dreadful on Sunday against the jets it was just dreadful snow is different it's cool the Colts game was like the coolest game i ever gone to ever it was sweet i was talking about it today i showed pictures to co-workers today of that game and it would be cool to have a similar type of game we, in our lifetime we've never really had a snowy dolphins game whereas that last era the 90s era bills had a bunch of snowy dolphin games I, I highlighted it in an article for Buffalo Rumblings a few weeks ago before the game was moved to Michigan against the Browns. But Dan Marino and Jim Kelly had a shootout of a playoff game, the divisional round, maybe in 91. I don't know. It was early 90s Bills, divisional Super Bowl when they were running, going to the Super Bowl. Miami came to Buffalo, and it was funny because it started out totally sunny. It might not have been sunny, but it was totally green. No snow. And by the end of the game, the field's like covered. But Andre Reed catches a touchdown pass. Jim Kelly's still slinging it. And this is why you draft a guy like Josh and not a guy like Tua. So you can highlight his entire package, including his huge the package. Running, <laughs> the running ability and the strong arm. But yeah, that's nice what I'm saying. Package. So give me 35 yards. He averages close to 50, maybe a little more than 50 a game. He's been our leading rusher seven or eight times, almost half the games this year. So maybe he gets a hurdle. We get a snow hurdle, some snow angels from Trey White. Yeah, just just stay safe, Josh. Stay healthy. Get through this game. Bunker down. Stay warm. It's funny. I saw this tweet Bunker too. Down. <laughs> the between the two games, there's a hundred degree difference 
That's crazy. On the sidelines. Probably with the heat. Yeah, the heat index on the sidelines. That's that's insane. So hopefully it'll be the tale of two separate games, too, where the Bills end up on the, uh, the W column for this one, too. But, Pat. You got some quotes for us from what I hear I do. on the streets. Where so uh, there's some, some mediocre quotes for mediocre segment by a mediocre guy. So let's see what we got here, boys. Guess what, Bills fans? It's time for quotes with Pat. Unfortunately, the guys at Not Another Buffalo podcast are either too lazy or too cheap to hire someone to record their stupid intros, so they decided to use me. To be honest, this constitutes labor without pay and raises some serious ethical questions. Anyway, here's some f***ing quotes. See if you can guess who said it. Uh, Run-of-the-mill quotes. This one was pretty interesting, actually. I like this one. This one was a little bit uh, controversial for you kids at home. I... Uh, when I, when I heard this in the press conference, I triple-taked, triple-took, whatever. Yeah, I feel great, but I feel great because I'm behind the best offensive line I've ever been behind. Interesting. Let's think. Uh, it's not Tom Brady, obviously. Let's see. There's no way Tom would say that, right? Because he's had a oh, terrible offensive that, line that. this year. Someone who played, well, actually, he played uh, football in the Pac-12. And then actually played a majority of his career in that state that he played college football in. But he's no longer there. He's in the Midwest. I'm looking at... Great Lakes region. Wait, the Midwest Great Lakes region? Aaron Rodgers said this? Close proximity to where Aaron Rodgers plays. Kirk Cousins? Other direction. (laughs) Uh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff. He played with Andrew Whitworth. (laughs) Come on. That's true. That's true. He was old, though. He was about to retire, Andrew Whitworth. I mean, Todd Gurley was running through dudes at one point, and that's not just on TG. Lions do have a good offensive line, though. Do they? I I was like taken aback. I was like, I I wonder. But I think between the three of us, if we took 40 snaps for the Lions, we might get the throw off. Once? We might not. It might not be complete. We might complete two passes, but like we're not getting sacked every play. Whereas if you're <laughs> if if you and I are taking the snaps behind our Bills O line, like we're dead. Yeah. True. Yeah, you might you get you're getting taken out on a stretcher. Dude, it's like playing scout team quarterback. You got the backup O lineman in against the starting D line. So you're dead before you even get the snap and shotgun. And it's like, what's happening right now? All right. So I got a uh I have a a quote that's actually a response to a question. So the question was, is it Hurts or is it the team behind the Eagles that makes them successful? And this person says, it's a little bit of both. It's the system and the team. I'm not trying to make no enemies. I just love the game so much and I understand it so much that when things are off, I just can't hold it. I've almost got to say something. So this man's giving no credit to Jalen Hurts at all. Says that their success is indicative of the system and the team. Is this uh, AJ Brown? No. Is this a member of the Eagles squad? No. So oh, okay. Ron Rivera talking no, about this the was this just tradition. came out like two hours ago. He's, this person said it on a podcast. Okay. So I mean, I think this person has every right to say it because they're a god. Travis Kelsey. No. Uh, Von Other Miller? side of the ball. Well, he was on Von Miller's podcast when he said this. It's not Richard Sherman. Um, Current player. Some would argue the best player at his position or the best player of the 2020s, potentially, so far. Uh, Aaron Donald? No. Oh. Okay. Jalen Ramsey? 
Nope. This guy went to Penn State. One defensive rookie of the year. Hmm. He's a division rival to oh, Jalen Hurts. That plays defense. Rayvon Diggs. Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons, yes. Nice. Okay. All right, we got. Is it. that is that interesting or what? That's He's good, crapping on quote, yeah. crapping on on Jalen Hurts. I mean, granted, I think Micah Hart, ugh, Micah Hart's, um, Micah Parsons could put Jalen Hurts in a body bag very easily. But I thought that that was kind of a out of pocket quote to not to yeah. to say is it Jalen Hurts or is it the team, and for him to say, well, it's the team and the system. Yeah, that's that's interesting. and that that'll be a good matchup coming up. Is that this week or is that is that Christmas? The Christmas probably. I think. Yeah. So some bulletin board material for sure. There but. you go. Might take a couple extra points on the uh, Eagle spread after that one. All right. Well, it was a long episode, but we had a lot to get to. So thanks for sticking with us. If you're still listening at this point, which <laughs> who knows, uh, but you guys know where to find us on Twitter at not buff podcast, but uh, we'll be back on Wednesday of next week, week after that. I'm not sure what we're doing for our Christmas schedule. So stay tuned. I'm sure a lot of podcasts will get jumbled with the uh, that part of the season. But enjoy the game on Saturday. We'll see you on Wednesday. And uh, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.